Hey, welcome back, Hockey. This is Chris. Today's co-host, Steve. Hey, how's it going, Hockey fans? And, you know, we're just a couple goalies that have taken one too many pucks at the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about it. We'll mostly cover the NHL, but we'll also discuss other world. Uh, so be sure to subscribe to this channel and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let us know what you think. And don't forget to be sure to comment and share hockey news, highlights, or videos we should cover in an upcoming podcast. So getting into it, Steve, uh, me and you were briefly touched on a previous podcast on the Federal Hockey League. It, Looks like they're moving on as scheduled, but really, I'm, I'm not seeing a lot of movement right now with the FHL outside of Danville's uh, new 10th season jersey, which is something I really, really want. And then the uh, this, uh, the SPHL. Uh, looks like they're, um, only five of the 10 teams are going to play, and it's going to be like a 42-game schedule. And I think the ECHL is something like that, too. I think the ECHL, only 13 teams are playing. It's what do you think of this so far? Before actually, let me touch on one more league real quick. The the USHL is also sixty two games is going down to fifty four, and I think they started last week. I think, but again, I don't know if every team in the USHL is playing. So you know, obviously, COVID is massive impact in the sports world. It's massively impacting a lot of these teams. I know it's impacting uh, the Jensen and I uh, Hockey Naya Liga out of Russia, as certain teams are only now start to be able to play as they've been affected by COVID. So what do you think with these kind of dwindling schedules i mean what's well, touched it, on it, it, it it's again it's at least there's some hockey because it doesn't do any of these players justice to not have any type of season right correct because <clears throat> if you take we've seen players well except for like a mario lemieux who's a hockey god right most of the times when the players take a, a year off they don't come back and do so awesome right away right and it's going to be brutal next year like it's going to be sloppy like even take a look at the nhl because we're going to be talking about this later the first little bit of the playoffs last you know, this year was some ugly hockey right it yeah. was just pucks bouncing everywhere the passes weren't crisp the guys were you can tell they taken some time off right and some guys just weren't mm-hmm. in game shape you know a shortened season it, it does suck everybody but what about covid doesn't suck right yeah. So this is why I hate to complain. I'll just cancel and go next year. Like, are, and, and other people forget. Sometimes these are their jobs, or these are their links. You know, their their build up to their future careers. Right? How would you feel right now? If they just you know turn to your regular job and said, Ah, we're shutting you down for a year. Okay, see you, bud. Yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Right? Gonna so go find a, lot- a place where I can get a job. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's why it's so easy to try to make those snap judgments. And I could care less about an asterisk when people want to say this crap. Who cares that it was a shortened season? I don't understand why that makes such an impact because it's not like it gives any team an advantage to be shortened, right? It, it really doesn't. Like you're still, you're all at the same disadvantage with you know, yep. such fewer games. Players get to take advantage of like being around their families and stuff. So no asterisk. Yeah, and, and I don't see, believe in the asterisk. You win the and, cup, you win the cup. And that was two solid months for the guys in the cup finals to be on the road, right? Yeah. So, yeah. In just, a bubble. They don't yeah, even get yeah. to go out. <laughs> they were in a bubble. You know, Which, again, a, I'm not saying that that's rough. I've, I've had it rougher. But... It, in what terms of what about, they've experienced in the past, this was this was rough if you were uh, not used to it. Yeah. So the other one is, you know, with you were talking about, I think it was Hudobin, who's probably one of the more likable guys in hockey, right? I love Hudobin. And a lot of them said they were bought, they were they got to hang out with guys on other teams. So it wasn't just their own team, right? So in their own conference, they were hanging out with other players, right, and yep. getting to know guys. And next thing you know, they're slowly being eliminated and it's two teams that hadn't seen each other ever. They weren't hanging out in this bubble where all of a sudden 
up against each other, right? Then it became a true rivalry of, <laughs> you know, I don't know if I'm going to go have a coffee with that guy this morning and go hang out with him because I really don't know him all that well, right? Just some passing yeah. stuff. So it was a really, you know, from what they said, you know, the initial parts were great. Like, I think the Washington Capitals were treating it like a giant slumber party. Uh, hanging out all night watching, watching well, movies. Look the way they celebrated the cup win. I'm pretty sure it was a giant slumber party. <laughs> Mom can't tell us to go to bed, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly it. So, so anyway, it was, like I said, that was, it was great. We needed it. And whatever happens this year for hockey, shortened season or not, it'll still be good for the fans to, you know, because sports gives us that huge break in our lives, you know, because yeah. when that was going on, I wasn't complaining about much. Like that first two weeks, non-stop me watching hockey yep. you know fortunately for me i worked from home so i could have a game going on in the side <laughs> you know and sometimes i missed a whole game because i would get busy enough right and yeah. you know but i would still go back and i was paying so much attention to it so yep. it, it was phenomenal so yeah what, whatever kind of hockey we can get out of this right now wonderful and let's just hope the wonderful people at pfizer <laughs> pump out a vaccine that stays stays pretty steady at 90 hopefully we can get that up to about 94 95 percent effectiveness right and then you're normal yeah get back in life yeah people you know? start taking the vaccine after it's been safely tested let's we don't have to feel the dramatic effects of this so can, we can all sit in the game and start yelling at each other again. yeah the 2020 bubble playoffs was the bubble hockey playoffs is how i reference it because it was bubble hockey in its truest form and honestly i thought the nhl first of all was the bravest of these sports professional sports out there to, to step up and go, we're going to make our sport come back. And not only were they successful and the first to do it, zero positive COVID tests throughout. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's impressive. And so I'm, I'm really impressed with the way that, you know, Gary Bettman and the, uh, the managers organized that and everyone involved uh, from every level affected the bubble. Well done. I mean, if you're listening to this, well done. You gave us all what we needed so badly, <laughs> and that was hockey. No, no. Do you want to kind of jump into the round robins, or do you have any thoughts on kind of like bubble hockey playoffs? Let's take a look at the uh, the, the round robin and the bubble hockey playoffs. What would you think? What'd you think of the round robin, first of all? I was okay with it, right? Take the top teams, let them battle it yep. out to see who gets home nice advantage. So that was great. Philly looked really, really good, and Philly was one of the hottest teams going into the playoffs, right? Yeah. Or you yeah. know, going into or going into this the, the COVID break is what we'll call it. They were playing good hockey, and it didn't shock me that they did so well. And I think Tampa just just you know was getting all their kinks worked out early on, right? Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, it, it, I, I like I like the round robin, the qualifiers. Um, then you also got to see the true heart of other teams, right? You know, and the next thing is take a look at the Leafs, right? And the Oilers. Did anybody have Chicago beating the Edmonton Oilers? Or Columbus taking out Toronto? Nobody had it, right? So so there's just different stories, right, to it. And, you know, you hear about the injuries afterwards when somebody like Sidney Crosby has a couple of injuries and can't play the way Sid does. And I'll be honest with you, there was a couple of times when Sid had a wide-open shot and he passed it, right? So when I saw that happen, I'm like, eh, yeah, he's not 100%. You just damn well know it. Because if, yeah. if Sid the Kid's got an open shot in the slot, he's ripping home every time, right? Yep. You know, he didn't do it. So, but that's part of this. That's normal playoff hockey, right? Where were the right. rest of the Pittsburgh Penguins, right? Because all I had to hear about is, oh, oh, uh, Melkin is just a beast. Melkin, oh, shut up. Melkin wasn't a beast. Melkin did what Melkin does, right? Melkin can be really 
he's so hot and cold. So and it's not even at a point where, you know, when he's not scoring a goal that he's a great presence on the ice, he'll just disappear, right? Yeah. And just become totally ineffective, right? And there's my criticism of him. Is, is he a talented center? Oh, hell yeah. That dude, when he plays hockey, he's one of the best in the league. But when he decides he wants to be Phil Kessel 2.0, he's Phil Kessel 2.0. <laughs> so, so, yeah. and, then, and then going back to the Toronto series versus Columbus, Columbus wanted it way more. Yes. They wanted it. And I will, again, go back to the last game of that series, right? And it's. Again, Austin Matthews gliding into the corner with like a minute and something left, right? And they're only down – at that point, I think they were down by a goal. Could, even if it was two goals, who cares? They've proven they can score goals really quick. And yeah. he collides in. Now, any Toronto fan wants to make an excuse for that, shut up. I don't care if he was hurt because you win a cup almost destroyed, right? By the time you get there, you're so bruised and broken – you know, you don't care because you're hoisting that cup. You've got the next couple months to drink and heal up, right? Mm-hmm. But first round, he cruises in and it's easy chip off the boards. Didn't even finish the check, right? Didn't didn't try to block that pass. Didn't try to do anything. He should have been going in full friggin' tilt to block it, right? And it just didn't happen. Um, so they didn't want it. They need real leadership on that team. Yes. The Islanders, Florida, that was as expected. The 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 Canes, Rangers, that was expected to me. What what are your thoughts on those on those uh, matchups, man? So really, I mean, backtracking a little bit for me with the round robin. Truthfully, I know some people like I wasn't a fan of the round robin. I get it though. If you're going to have a qualifying round, like if the NHL ever proceeds with something like this in the future, and they have qualifiers, you're going to want a round robin to keep the best teams warm. But it wasn't the most entertaining hockey. It was thrilled to have it back, but you know whether it was rust from not playing for four or five or six months because of COVID. The round robins felt to me a little bit passionless. There were some cool moments during the round robins. You know, you had a Nazem Kadri's goal with like point one. Like I think that was a record. It was was it even point one? Was it like point oh one something? It was like something crazy. Yeah, and, and that was it, that was Kadri, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Kadri. Yeah. yeah, I think it was against St. Louis that they scored that goal, and then and then yeah, I think the Avalanche uh, emerged victorious because otherwise, I think the game was going into overtime, and he buries it with less than a point one second left on the clock. That was insane. And then honestly, speaking of the Avalanche, Frank, who's the shutouts versus the Stars? I mean, he was just he was on fire during that round, and. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was those were some cool moments from the round robins, but overall, I I could do without round robin hockey for sure. I just felt like it was passionless. Qualifiers definitely had way more passion because it was like literally like the pre round to the playoffs. The teams in the round robins, they were in. I just think it's pointless hockey. I don't know if I'm a coach. Do I want my guys to stay warm, or do I'm like no, no injuries. I can keep them warmed up during practices, and then we're going to go to game time. Or do you think that's too much of a stale? period of time while qualifiers occur like what if what if you you know the season ended and they had a qualifiers and they lasted two weeks like a normal round of the playoffs do do you think that's a good two-week window for your team to rest or do you want your team staying warm uh, staying active staying I, think, competitive? I think you want them staying warm because if you go in we, we we've seen this happen before where teams just swept you know another team yep. right and then they're off for a full week and sometimes it plays their advantage where they're you know the other teams just if it's a really rough series, but if it wasn't that tough of like just say it was a pure hockey series without any major injuries, 
that team with that momentum sometimes just kicks the crap out of the other team, right? So, yep. like, I, I, I get what you're saying, but that's on the coat. Like, so well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, it's not really what I'm saying. I'm just like, what would you prefer? I mean, me personally, like, I'm not a coach in the National Hockey League. I don't know what the right call would be there. I would say what you're saying is 100% accurate. I think it could lead to teams just getting whooped and swept because they haven't played competitive hockey in a while. But, so, but. but here's what I would say about that, too, right? Because I think what had happened is, you know, there was some input from other teams. Like, we've got to play, right? We, we can't yeah. just sit back. So I think that's why they did it. But on a coaching standpoint, I think probably the message was go out and play, boys, but don't do anything too risky, right? Like, just yeah. we're it's in not the playoffs. worth it at that point. We're, we're already <laughs> in there. So, if, hey, great if we were top seed, we're top seed, wonderful. If not, right, just just don't just don't go crazy, right? But it still got chippy because they're hockey players, right? You started yep. noticing the, the competitiveness and everything else. And I think if it has to come down this way again, which is a shortened season, it wouldn't bother me because if you got teams on the cusp again, I would do it the exact same way. Because I think this time around, you may see a team say, okay, you know, I'd much rather play an easier team and have – you know, I guess I guess the biggest problem here was was home ice advantage, right? There was yeah. truly no home ice. It was just you got you know face off dibs more of the games, right? Which is it is you know that is a significant factor, right? <laughs> so yeah. you know, well, so, the round, like you said, the round robins might actually make a big difference if they were playing for home ice advantage, and maybe because they weren't, it just felt passionless to me. Yeah, and and but part of it though too is when you're looking at the teams battling in, of course they're going harder, right? So. I just right. saying overall, it's it. Like I get the point of what you're saying is you would love to see teams go all out, um, but then we could be putting our own feelings on there, right? Because like I said, oh, some of these teams are just feeling themselves out, right? You know, it's like the last couple of games of the season, right? You can either be a team like you could be the, the top seeded team playing a spoiler and knocking another team out, or you can be trying to rest up your boys, right? And right, you know, not really worrying that much about it. So. Yeah, like I said, I was good with the round robin. I was good with the format just because those guys got to play. Yeah, and and I was great watching these other teams battle in, right? Because oh yeah, honestly, I liked the teams like number twelve Montreal. Both number twelves, both number twelves jumped in, right? Yeah. And and the, and here's the thing: talking about Chicago over Edmonton, it's not so Chicago. It's just the age that I, yeah. you know, Jonathan Taves, in my opinion, is one of the all-time greats in the game because he was a good overall player, right? Yeah. Great leader, right? But I think the injuries and the amount of, you know, playing time, even on a guy like Crawford who played well, it just piled up over the regular season. I don't yeah. think they would have. They were starting to come on a bit, but I don't think they were going to make the playoffs. Had they made it, and Montreal wasn't going to make the playoffs. It was going to be that tough. Like, they were playing good hockey, but... I think they were just too far out. Yeah. However, in a shortened, you know, two months rest, Chicago looked like a legit threat because all those little injuries to some of their older players, poof, they were, they weren't, wasn't, a, you know, a major reason that they weren't going to win, right? They weren't right. run out. They weren't tired. They could, they were rested for a deep playoff run. So it, it was exciting, right? And yeah. I was, you know, being, you know, a Mike Smith fan, was hoping to see the Mike Smith, you know, Chicago Blackhawks killer, but not anymore. He just did. I can't say that because we'll see what he does this season. He may try to go for redemption, but last playoff, and it wasn't his fault before anybody, uh, Edmonton or Mike Smith, if he ever hears this, it wasn't Smitty's fault. He was left out to dry, but when he was playing them before in the playoffs and 
during a regular season in the Coyotes, he just had their number. Like, he was yeah. just in their heads. So, so yeah, man. Now let's talk about the, the next next round. Yeah, the, the actual qualifiers. Yeah. So in, in terms of the qualifiers, I mean, like, what kind of stood out to you there? Obviously, Montreal, you know, yeah. got to play in the qualifying round. And I know you're, you know, but actually – both your teams got the got to play in the qualifying. Yeah. So well, what would you think about like any of the series that kind of really stand out to you? Well, you know, I'll talk about the Montreal Philly series could have went either way. It was a good series. Oh, we're moving uh, into round one? Yeah, well that's what it is. Okay, yeah. We're, yeah, we already could yeah. talk about the qualifiers because that's round yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So yeah, so the the round one, Montreal and Philly could have went either way, right? It was yeah. It was just such a tight-knit game. And the funny thing was when Philly wanted to go toe-to-toe, speed-to-speed, and just all-out hockey, Montreal was was outplaying them. They couldn't they couldn't keep up with it. And even Montreal, the hitting part, when Philly slowed down the game and made it more of a frustrating grind, and that's why Montreal beefed up a bit, is that's where Philly started to win. The last game, it was just bounces against Carey Price. Like, two of the games, it was bad bounces that led to victories, right? And yeah. You know, I know guys, you know, non-goalies get so mad, like, oh, you should have had that. I'm like, dude, when that puck changes direction, good luck. And it's not just even settled direction. When it just completely changes direction, yep. and I'll be honest and say most of the times when that happens and you can recoup either it was good positioning or just luck that it hit you, right? So that was a really good entertaining series. Um, I'm just talking about my two teams. Arizona versus the Avalanche was a joke. The rest of the Coyotes team just didn't bother to show up for it. However, but yeah. there's one thing I want to touch about the qualifier for Arizona Nashville, by the way. And okay. this is this this sort of shows it, right? Um, my current feelings on this team. Jalmerson cannot clear a puck to save his life. I don't know how many times in the regular season, even in these playoffs, they'll put him out there because defensively he's probably their best defensive defenseman, right? Right. He's really good at taking opportunities away from other players, covering them. Guy can't clear a puck. Like, he just doesn't make the right decision with it. I, I would scream, like, Jalmerson, you just coughed it right back. All that work, and you coughed it back up to the defense, and now you're working at it again, right? Yeah. So I just – I don't get it. Like, even if you throw it high off the glass to get that big bank off the side, I know, what, I know guys are scared to do that because if they draw the penalty, then you're just as much crap. But, dude, like, work on that high floater that's 50 feet in the air. Throw that thing up. But yeah. it was it was the I think it was the, the the game where Nashville came back. The puck, Jomerson gets the puck in the corner once again, throws this sauce right up the middle. They knock it down. Two Coyotes players are skating towards that defenseman, and I think it was I think it was their big defenseman, Yossi. I think knocks that puck down, and there's two guys coming at him. One guy should have went in completely low, sliding towards that puck. And the other guy going in full blast to hit him, right? Yep. And it would have forced Yossi to throw the puck quickly somewhere and make a mistake, right? And if you drew a penalty at that point, you don't care because it was a bad play to set that up. Then you had life. But what happens? Both guys decide to go skinny. <laughs> they skate in, narrow themselves out, and it's a quick pass to the quarter. Next thing you know, the puck's in net, and I'm slamming my desk, screaming at my screen, you know, every name in the book. So, you know, when I say about guys wanting wanting it bad enough, come on, boys. Yeah. You know, who's why is that why is that pass not blocked? Why is Yossi not belted into the red line, the center ice line, right? You know, and, and Jomerson flipped the puck 50 feet in the air. Like, all you should be doing right now, because the rest of your game is pretty good, skate around, quick flip. <laughs> Keep doing it. Keep doing it, buddy. Get that rhythm. And then get your rhythm also off, high off the glass to at least give them a chance, right? So right. it goes high off the glass, your wingers should be able to, to see that and go hard to cover their man, right? Right. 
the one of the most entertaining series in all of that. Okay, well, there, I, Hockey, like Hockey I, I want to bounce back to the round robins. Like, okay, right, well, right you now, can, you're still in the round robins with Phoenix. Uh, sorry, Arizona. Well, no, uh, I went back to that one. Yeah, so you could talk about the other ones. Yeah. Yeah, because honestly, you're you're looking at games like it was interesting to see how quickly and how sad it was, truthfully, to see how quickly Carolina eliminated the Rangers. Carolina was clearly the better team, but knowing it was King Lundquist's last game as a New York Ranger was kind of like you knew it was coming. And you're like, that might be the last time we see him playing the NHL at all, which fortunately it won't be as he is now, a you know, I'm more than happy to call him a Washington Capitol. But Carolina just handed it to the Rangers. I mean, Carolina looked really, really good during the qualifiers. And and then really other games that stood out, you had, can we talk about the Leafs jacket series? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Cause it was, it was bipolar, dude. It was just so weird, right? I have never seen really with the way Toronto looked when they came back in that game. What was it? Uh, game four where they came back, uh, where they were down three nil with like what? Five minutes left in the game or less. And they came back and they won it in overtime. And then it was that, that was after I think Columbus did it to them. And that's like, but you felt like Toronto had at that point. They're they're in their hometown. Clearly still not home ice advantage, but they're in their hometown. They just probably had one of the most miraculous comebacks I've ever seen. And then the next game was a complete dud. I was just like, it's well, like they gave up all their effort in game four. And then the typical of decades past Maple Leafs hit the ice. Yeah, that's what, again, that's where I'm talking about leadership on that team, right? Like they. Yeah, so, so, yeah, well, yeah, again, we, we already know the issues of the Leafs and their salary is so top heavy on certain players, right? So, bringing in a Joe Thornton, it's not a bad idea, but Joe hasn't won a cup. Now, Joe has gotten to the finals, right? He's battling yeah. the playoffs multiple years with the Sharks. He's won with Team Canada, so he's got that experience. So it's not a bad thing to give the younger guys a break because maybe they need that. Simmons may be another example of that. Now, he... He doesn't have a cup. He doesn't have a... No, no, No. no, 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 neither did Thornton. But Simmons, you know, I I think he went deep. He went deep against Chicago, right? Yeah, he went to the cup finals again. So you got guys that have battled and gotten there. And Spezza. Spezza's with them as well still. He re-signed with them. Oh, that's right. That's right. You got three guys No cups. But yeah, Spezza, not one of them have a cup. But Spezza was, you know. Again, Spezza, I'm not a Maple Leafs fan, but it would not break my heart to see those three raise a cup. <laughs> yeah, so. but here's the thing. But here's what I'll say, though, is with Spezza there, like Spezza was one of the more noticeable guys on the ice, Yep. you know, in their series. Because he just, he, he plays, a, but he still plays a really good role play all around game that can be a threat, right? Yep. So it's what they need is, you know, maybe it could work for them here. We'll see if these you know, three veterans can help change the attitude and change the dynamic of that team, right? The only thing with Thornton is it's just typical Thornton. You know, Thornton's passing the puck, right? Mm-hmm. Thornton very rarely shoots. And that you know, the older you get, the worse that just becomes, right? So we'll yeah. see if we'll see if the predictability of Thornton, you know, can be changed if he'll just launch that puck to the net from time to time, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And... No, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, man. No, I, the mic... I, I think with that, you know, I was my brain started transitioning. <laughs> That's why I was like, if you're if you've got thoughts on 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 the way they're transitioning, I just think the Maple Leafs, Toronto's definitely been sitting around waiting for this longer than I've been alive. And Vegas fans probably, if they're new hockey fans, don't even know when the last time the Maple Leafs won a cup was, which if no one knows it, it's '67. But both those organizations are top heavy. They're making that push, and obviously Toronto's not really willing to let go of some of their top heavy guys and is signing some of this 
other talent, but I don't think it's bad moves at all. I, I'm excited to see what they do this season. I'm excited to see those guys hit the ice. Not excited as a Sabres fan for that, but you but know, I'm going, excited for our Taylor Hall and all them to face yeah. off. It's, I think they're going to be some good games. No, so. there's going to be, but so you know, if the Sabres' hope is all of a sudden your goaltender finds his newfound confidence, which in a certain yeah. season maybe it could happen, right? Because you guys start off like you guys start off on fire, and then it's. It's yeah, easy. that's that's been us the last couple seasons. And honestly, speaking of goaltending and kind of a disappointment was back in the playoffs, Florida, like they they faced the Islanders. <laughs> oh. What, Bob? Like, I'm a big Bob fan. And dude, he should have been able for what he's getting paid. I know that, you know, you got the same topic with guys like with like, you know, guys like Kerry and such. But Bob, I don't know, man, he could have stole those games from the Islanders and he just didn't. <laughs> yeah, well, that was Bob throughout the season and even Bob, you know, had watched yeah, he just didn't him. have a great 2019, 2020. Yeah. But even with the jackets, when Bob was, you know, when Bob's on his game, he's phenomenal. And then when he's just off, he, he just lets those shaky goals. In. And he doesn't, the thing is when he lets one in, you'll watch a goalie let one shaky goal in and your true pro rises up and just continues to play well. Right. And he, it's just his response after that pop goes in. Right. So yeah, yeah the, and that's the problem with goaltenders. Like, I understand why teams don't want to pay them much, but, man, that solid goalie. You know, like, look at Vasilevsky. Just so – he's a great athlete, so well, you know, plays so great positionally. You know, same thing with Carey Price. you got to pay those guys. You know, Lundqvist back in the day, you had to pay him because Lundqvist was arguably the best goalie in the league pushing at that point because he just – he was just able to perform in those big games. And it's painful for me to say that as a Habs fan, fuck Chris Carter. Um, but, you know, he, you know, he was able to rise on up. But Bobrovsky right now, he's got a lot of proving to do, right? Yes, he does. He's getting so, paid now. He's got to step up. Yeah. So, um, but back to one quick thing on the Leafs, though, because you said yeah. about how you're excited. And I know I harp on this, but, you know, again, Buffalo fans, I'd be pumped if I were you guys. you got a ton of offensive talent. The short season may play into your books, but goaltending, major issue. The Leafs, Anderson seems to be way better in the regular season than he is in the playoffs, right? Yeah. He just can't take it up that next notch, but he's not the issue. Defense, again, and it's not just the, just the whole defensive core. It's the team playing defense. That seems to be the problem is that collapse, right? Yes. So they did not address that unless there's going to be some trades made here within the first few weeks of the season with players, their team shaking it up. I I just don't know, you know, again, a shortened season may play into their books because they look a lot better, you know, when they're, you know, early on in the season. So back to you, if you want to talk more about the the round robin games. Oh yeah, just w- w- not so much around robins, but the qualifiers, like quick hits yeah. on the round robins, like with Canucks Wild series. But speaking of like that lightning goal, so just not lightning goal, but that less than point one second goal left by um, by Kadri. I think uh, was it Tanev with Vancouver that had like yeah. the quickest. Yeah, so he yeah. had like. Yeah, so he had like the quickest goal I think in overtime history, or tied, or. And you know what? Was, I literally got up. You know, I was. <laughs> like I had watched. The I don't think I saw game. it either. I'm like, it went into overtime. I went to do something. I That's came exactly back to the game what it did. Over. It was done. They were there was recap. I'm like, why are these guys on? I'm like, oh, don't tell me I missed it. And I missed it. Like I watched this whole freaking game, and I got up to go just make something to eat quick, right, and then. Got kids, so got distracted for a Dude, quick second. Dude, I think that was both of us. 
We might. Uh, that's probably why I remember because I think we both like. Did you see the goal? No. Did you see? Wait, they scored. That's like. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. And then honestly, I think the only two series we never touched on was like Winnipeg, Calgary. But I mean, nothing for me really stood out in that series. Well, besides Winnipeg down. Yeah, it was just kind of one of those. Yeah. You can't lose your best player. And again, you know, Calgary fans, you guys, you guys lost Kachuk too, right? It hurts. But two of the top players on the Jets were eliminated. They still made it interesting, right? But yeah, that that series was just disappointing because you always want to see the best against the best, right? And it happened really early on. So. Yeah, and then then there was no other surprises, right? Like the rest, it kind of went the way I thought it was going to go, except for the Edmonton Oilers. That Avalanche team, by the time they hit the next round, was just decimated. They had so many injuries. Oh, you mean after the first round? Yeah, well, even because they destroyed Arizona for like like they destroyed it. Well, yeah, they destroyed Arizona, but they still there was just injury after injury for that team. Like they went into the playoffs with got down players still, significant guys like your 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 key second and third round, you know, second and third line guys. Yeah, they were they were down, and I think they had a few defensive injuries too, and it just kept piling up. And next thing you know, you're going into, you know, the 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 quarterfinal with or not the quarterfinal, uh, yeah, quarterfinal, cup quarterfinal without your two starting goalies. You know, and down everybody else. Like, I agree with McKinnon. Like, you would have loved to have seen a full roster coming at him, especially with two months off. And that's just the freaky nature of the playoffs, right? Yeah. Is that injury bug sneaks in there on you and it can decimate your chances. But that's, that's a team. Like, and it happens a lot. That's the thing about, ho- it's like, it's you, not just hockey, every professional sport. And not just professional sports, almost all sports. Injuries will make or break you, whether that's the Olympic Games or regular season games or playoffs. Or, like, you get that injury bug by, it's it stinks. But it's such a part of the game where you got to pray you got a healthy team going into the playoffs. And Well, and, and I'm skipping way ahead here, but, you know, I, I love, you know, I hate the drama of sports when, they say certain things right but that stamco's goal was a beast <laughs> yeah okay well like Demko, like during i mean did he play the bulk of the um blue series no he didn't play at all he came in for one game i was gonna say because i don't i remember alan really like your new backup goaltender in montreal alan was playing a lot talk about a goal for the ages though right and you feel bad for a play like stamco's again he's like the carry price achilles heel he always yeah. scores on price he just and he's just such an elite scorer. It's not that's not a knock on price at all. He just that guy's got a bullet of a shot. And to come in, come in his first shift and just to let a rocket go, it's got to be uplifting for the team, right? So that was unbelievable. But let's talk about this the the, the actual first round of the playoffs now. Well, that's where I'm at right now. And so, like, Dallas-Calgary, because we were talking about the, you know, Calgary coming out of that series. I was definitely not rooting for Dallas. I think, I thought Calgary, this would, with the way they'd been playing, I thought Calgary was going to just take it to the stars. And I was wrong. (laughs) You know, I thought, I thought that for me, Calgary just kind of, I mean, there was a couple good games by Flames, but I, I mean, what do you think happened to Calgary there? Well, Kachuk was injured, right? right. They, they they targeted Kachuk, and it was smart of them to go after him, hit him, and punish him early because he's the pest. He's the guy that can aggravate your goalie and get big goals and do stuff. So that was Dallas's motive, and it worked. You know, I'm not saying they tried to purposely injure him. They just went after him, and that's what you right. do. You, you've got to lay the big hits on the big players, right? That's how... 
that's how this is done. So it showed that this team is more of a Chuck team than it is Johnny Hockey, because where did Johnny Hockey go in that physical series, right? Yeah. Disappear. Um, just like Clayton Keller. Like Clayton Keller, I think, naturally gifted talent-wise, tons of it, but he does not have the physical size to compete with these big, no. big, big, big boys. Gets knocked off that puck. Now, Keller got some big goals, right? Like, that's what's impressive. But that guy has got to get his core and his leg strength built up so he can absorb those checks. Because, you know, you know, definitely a Patrick Keene is, is bigger than Clayton Keller, right? Clayton Keller is probably the same size as Brendan Gallagher as far as height goes. Yep. But Brendan Gallagher's built. It's the only way Keller survives in, you know, or not survives, but, you know, starts to thrive in this league is he's got to beef up. So, you know, Dallas, Calgary, I, I was rooting for Calgary because I tend to go for the Canadian teams. Uh, St. Louis and Vancouver was damn well entertaining because the Canucks were just clicking yeah. on all cylinders. Boston just handed it to the Carolina Hurricanes. The, the Hurricanes didn't even compete in that one, in my in my opinion, right? It was just all Boston, and it wasn't just that the, their big line's always devastating. Like we gotta, you yeah. gotta be weary of them. But that secondary line, like Charlie, Charlie, as a Charlie Coyle, is that his name? Down his group. We're talking in Boston. Yeah, we're Boston. talking Boston, right? Yeah, he's yeah. a former Minnesota Wild. He just was never living up to his. You know his, you know what what his potential was with the, you know with the Minnesota Wild, and then in Boston just fit right in. You know, tighter organization. And sometimes that's what it takes. Like sometimes if a player just isn't meshing with a team, you know that move. It's just like suddenly you're like, where'd this player come from? And and yeah. so I think that's kind of Coil in Boston. You're right. I think he meshed with the team real well, and uh, they, he's still under contract, right? Yep. Yep. So. And then the rest there was, you know, was entertaining. Like the the Islanders handle the Capitals, and it's just yeah. for the Capitals just isolate, don't let them capitalize, right? Um, yeah. Sort of the bad pun, but they they just handle them. Like that's a good young core of a team that they fought there, and with with no, with, it's good. They're exciting to watch. I, oh, you yeah. know, I'm, Caps are one of my teams, so it, it sucked to watch them fall to the Isles. But the Isles looked they were fun to watch, and they were. They were fun games because yeah. I think they were going to try to sweep us and we fought it. But then they came back the next game and shut us out. Yeah. It was disappointing as a Caps fan, but I was excited to see the Isles young core without Tavares move forward. And at that point, I was like rooting for the Islanders. I would be disappointed the next round. But they got past the Caps. Wait, they made it to the Islanders. What made it to the, the, the conference finals? Yeah. That's why I knew something wasn't right there. I'm like, wait a second. I think it was a really entertaining series. I think that when it comes to that series in particular, I don't know, man. Uh, there was something great about just watching those kids without Tavares. And then, yeah, like you said, with the Boston series, Carolina just got handed it to them. Yeah, I don't know. When it comes to, uh, I know because you you want to get onto that Philly-Montreal series, but I was, lo- was looking at that Tampa-Columbus series. I really, <laughs> I was expecting a repeat. I was. I was expecting mm-hmm. Columbus just to come out and just embarrass Tampa. But obviously Tampa knew that was coming, and they owned the Blue Jackets. They owned them. Yeah, the, well, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't a surprise there, right? Um, I was surprised. I really expected a repeat. I expected Tampa. Tampa gets into the playoffs as of late, and they just they find a way to lose. They're, yeah. They they do really well in the regular season and they just find ways to lose. And I, they're facing off against Columbus again. And I thought repeat and I'm glad I was wrong, but I was expecting Columbus just to hand it to Tampa again. 
I really yeah. was. No, I, I I had Tampa coming up on top of them just because they have so much firepower. And I think the season before, you know, it was one of those groups where, yeah, well, that's it. You, you got that weighing on you, and that is motivation. But then you got to yeah. put that past. They know what type of hockey team they have. They've got – they're still stacked. Like, Eiserman did one hell of a job to build them on up, right? Yeah. There's just too many of them now. So but back over to – um, Montreal now. And Philly. Can I say before you, because yeah. I know as a Habs fan, you're going to have a lot to say about the Montreal series. I think this was Carter Hart's like official coming out party. I think he played the bulk of the games for the Flyers this past year, but that series was just like, I knew he was Carter Hart, but I'm like, that series, he just stepped it up. No, like, he that he's, he's, was he's a, coming he's a, out. He's a great positional goaltender, and what Montreal couldn't capitalize on again that's a size thing was trying to get the second chance right because Hart's not as you know not as big of a goalie so if you can get him stretched out there's a second scoring opportunities right so the Philly team did a hell of a job playing defensive hockey and minimizing those second scoring opportunities where in Montreal they just surrounded net and like I said they were getting the bounces because they did their job and surrounded the net right that's yeah that's how that goes, right? So, you know, a lucky bounce is a lucky bounce, not because, like in these instances, it wasn't a flip from center ice, right, where you get that lucky thing where it changes complete direction. We're talking a lucky bounce with guys battling in front of the net and going off a leg or, you know, the puck just popping out or doing something weird. You're earning it by crashing that net and taking the punishment, right? right. So there's not a lot I can say other than one of the best days of my life I've ever seen was that Carey Price stick out and then <laughs> – Kudos to Nick Suzuki for standing in there. We're getting ready to eat a puck, right? Getting into the next round, though, this is where it all tightened, right? It started getting to be really good hockey, right? right? I did. I was picking Tampa over Boston, but that was a drag it out type of series. Vegas and Vancouver was just fun, right? Yeah. That was just end to end. That was a blast. Dallas the goaltending. The goaltending yeah. in that series. As goalies, that was a goaltender's. That was a goaltender like, battle and a half. Um, Colorado-Dallas. Uh, again, feel bad for the Avalanche down to their backup, you know, their third-string goalie. Dallas, you know, was playing with their, you know, second-string Hudobin who played lights out. But that one was a grinded-out series again, yeah. right? It was just, you know, again, it could have went either way. But talk about bipolar. One team would have a three-goal lead the next period. They're down a goal, right? Like It was yeah. crazy that way, just crazy scoring, right? And I thought the one time they – Colorado, I, I forget which game it was, but they poured it on Hudobin. I thought he was a write-off, right? Nope, he's done, but he came back. Yeah, he, oh, I remember that. And I remember thinking, well, that's why he's a backup. It's uh, it's showing right there. And yeah, he came back the next, what was it? It was, I'm, I have to look here. Was it the six to three game? It Wait, could have been that one. Like, I, like, there, well, there was a couple of six goal games in that series. Yeah. Like Colorado. Yeah. Like I call it the bipolar series that way, right? Because it just didn't make sense, right? It wasn't that right. steady thing. It was just boom, a bunch of goals, boom, a bunch of goals, right? And now let's skip into the conference finals where it was just i did not expect dallas to take down vegas yeah i won't say the word easily but four to one just in five games i saw that one going you know way deeper right that one surprised me because again it's all based on the play who dove and the big guys for the dallas stars were actually still scoring goals in that game over clutch jamie ben 
was playing good hockey for them, right? Um, Sagan was stepping it up. Alexander Love was still playing and hitting and doing everything that needed to be done. Um, I was rooting, like... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just say the biggest story for the Dallas though was the was their defense getting engaged and jumping in there, right? So that you know was one of the bigger things, right? Was their defense scoring the goals, stepping it up, making the plays? Like that's what I think allowed them to get to where to make it past them. Their defense got engaged, right? So Tampa, New York, entertaining series again, but I, yeah. I had Tampa, you know, Tampa had found their game, so I had them make I really up. thought they, uh, well, Tampa had found their game, and in both cases, I was rooting for an Isles night series by far. I was rooting for an Isles night series, and I was disappointed with the Tampa Dallas series significantly. But at that point, then, you know, yeah, you're talking about the finals. I was rooting for Dallas. As, as a Sabres fan, that hurt my soul. But I liked you know, minus guys like Radulov, I liked the guys on the stars and I wanted to see like Kudobin, you had Pavelski, Ben. I wanted to see those guys win a cup mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, Tampa got it. Tampa beat them. Tampa was the better team. Tampa started, you started seeing Tampa was not probably going to be shut down by round two. Once mm-hmm. they got past Columbus, they're like, mm, it's over. Everyone better watch out. Yeah. It's the thing is, okay. So one of the, the I think the best goal scorers in the league is because not Kuznetsov. You can shoot me for saying that. And it's blanked on his name. I'm taking it. I'm quoting it here. Y'all yeah, heard he, it. Kuznetsov. <laughs> Yeah, how am I not blanking his name? Come on, throw his name out to me here. Kucherov, Kucherov. So Kucherov, Kucherov is just you know if, if like I said, if I got to build again, they you know you can pick two players to to build your team around. You know, my first one is I'm picking a McKinnon just because he's young, right? The next one I'm just going to be a toss up between somebody like Carey Price because you've got a hell of a goaltender in the back and it helps. But another one's a Kucherov because that guy is just so much when it comes to scoring the big goals, right? He just, he can just deliver. He's a constant threat no matter where he is on the ice. He was playing good hockey and he was taking his lumps, right? He was getting hit. He was getting, taking the extra shots all, you know, all the time after the whistle. And he still managed to keep playing, stayed in it. It was impressive to me. So they, they really earned it. So, you know, in that finals, Hudobin was doing everything he possibly could have, you know, to win and give his give his team a shot, right? But, geez, man, they, you know, Tampa was just too much. And Tampa was clearly they were the better team. And I mean, like that after that Columbus Blue Jacket series, you just felt like Tampa was going to take it. I wasn't rooting for him, you know, nothing against the Lightning, but I just wasn't rooting for him. They were both playing lights of hockey. The goalies. Got their teams there, but yeah, Tampa was just—they were healthy and they were good, and they—they they earned their cup. Yeah. No asterisks. So I think there's some other leagues going around there in Europe and uh, smaller leagues here around the around the United States, at least with like the USPHL. But you know, we'll we'll pick those topics as, as they come up. Yeah, it was a good episode, and so thank you all for tuning in. This is again Pigeonhole Hockey. Give us a follow on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and let us know what you think. Beyond that. Stay safe out there, wear your masks, and get ready to listen to another podcast. All right, have a great one, hockey fans.